Hey folks, you're listening to The Progress Report on the Harbinger Media Network. And just a quick message before we get into the show. We're one of several very good and excellent left-wing podcasts on Harbinger, and a new episode that I want to recommend on the network is episode three of Full of Chit Chat with Charlie Demers. Charlie welcomes Squamish Nation counselor, indig- indigenous language revitalization advocate, as well as a whole bunch of other awesome things, Calcelum, for an in-depth and inspiring conversation. And Calcelum and Charlie are both incredible humans, and I really recommend the pod. And that's the kind of content you'll get at Harbinger. We're challenging corporate and liberal and conservative media dominance with a political point of view that you will not get anywhere else. Get access to exclusive shows and other supporter-only content at harbingermedianetwork.com. Now, on to the show. Friends and enemies, welcome to the Progress Report. I am your host, Duncan Kinney. We're recording today here in Amiskwichiwaskaigan, otherwise known as Edmonton, Alberta, here in Treaty 6 territory. And joining us today is everyone's favorite Antifa informant. Uh, You may know him as Kurt Phillips. He used to run uh, the website Anti-Racist Canada. He is the founder and and formerly anonymous author of that that blog. And he is uh, currently a founding board member of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network. And while by day, Kurt is a mild-mannered high school teacher in Southern Alberta, uh, Kurt has been very busy for the past 20-some years chronicling hate groups on Anti-Racist Canada. Uh, you know, not just chronicling them, but like telling the world who they are. And Kurt has done incredible and invaluable work over the past 20 years, and it's an honor to have him on the show. Kurt, thank you for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. So... What's it like now to be a, a quasi public figure? You, you've done Canada Land in your own, you know, under your name. Now you're on this podcast. You were anonymous for so long. What's it like being out in the open? Well, it's, it's still kind of surreal. Um, you know, I would have been happy to have been anonymous for you know, the entire existence of the blog until I turned into a beer appreciation blog, which is, you know, I was joked about wanting to do one day once all the bad guys were out of the way. It was kind of one of those pie in the sky kind of dreams, right? Um, but yeah, it's 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 been odd. It's uh, less less uncomfortable now, so you know we're getting getting used to it. <laughs> yeah, and just for the folks who don't know, I mean, uh, I can't, I don't remember exactly when this happened, but like the rebel and kind I of do. little, <laughs> yeah. When 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 did it happen? Uh, well, it it really came down after the um, the documentary, the uh, uh, the fifth estate documentary on uh, Antifa uh, that was that I was a part of. Um, you know, they kind of highlighted my uh, focus on, on you know, researching these kind of hate groups and individuals. And then the next day, uh, things were kind of blowing up. And it wasn't their fault. It was, you know, something else that, that happened. Some A former friend uh, released my name. And um, then, you know, my, my, my friend, uh, Kian Bexty, got a hold of it. And that was fun. Oh, we don't, say, we don't say his name on the podcast. We refer to him as oh. Mutant Caillou. Uh, Mutant Caillou is what we refer to him as. But yes. Th- that... That is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, did, did the mob, did they like, did they try and get you fired? Did your boss care that, like, what, what do you call, what do you do if you're trying to get Kurt Phillips fired? Like, do you know that this guy runs a blog called Anti-Racist Canada? <laughs> I don't know. What, what that's, did, that's, that's what they did. I mean, they, I mean, in their mind, I'm the leader of Antifa in Canada, the the organizer of all of it. I mean, I'm, uh, is practically a step below George Soros, apparently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my my principal 
fielded a number of calls. Uh, she was very supportive. So were my staff, uh, people on staff. Um, you know, central office were being harassed. I was told that they received more calls uh, about this issue than any other issue. But from the sounds of it, very few of it was, uh, very little of it was actually, you know, parents. It was uh, people from, from outside the community. Um, and if parents did call, they were generally just curious, like, what what's this even about? I don't know what this is about. Um, but is, yeah, is my, I, I is my, is my son's teacher that. really the CEO of Antifa? <laughs> well, some, some, you know, got some of that. Like, what does this even mean? Yeah. So it, it was, it was a strange event because, you know, it, it, it was the Monday that everything was blowing up. And while I was at school, things were fine. I could focus on, on my teaching and then you go home like, wow, this is, this is really happening. And, um, the first two weeks of, of January, 2020 really kind of sucked. Um, but things got a lot better. And so, I mean, we didn't have you on just to to reminisce about your unfortunate doxing. There, uh, the reason why I wanted to reach out to you is that uh, shit is happening, uh, especially in in the world of the, the people that you kind of chronicle. You know, in in Calgary, we saw a person in a proud white Christian man shirt uh, assault someone in a wheelchair, uh, and then assault their partner mm-hmm. with a flag flagpole. Uh, you know, we've seen. Numerous kind of anti-mask rallies get ugly. You know, we saw Arthur Pulowski get, or not Arthur, uh, his brother get arrested at a rally in Edmonton. We heard of multiple police officers being assaulted, uh, despite the fact that that the, the the social media accounts for Edmonton police were calling it a peaceful gathering. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen these anti-mask rallies take over like malls in Calgary. It really seems to kind of be becoming, I guess COVID, what I'm saying is that COVID is making us all crazy and it's making these kind of people even crazier. Is that fair to say? I'd say so. I mean, these are kind of groups that latch on to the next shiny object and uh, COVID right now is the shiny object. And it, 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 kind of keys into a lot of the the conspiracies they they already had i mean the the fact the government is trying to kill us all off with vaccines for example well now there's a pandemic that you know we're we're you know encouraged to get vaccinated so that we don't get it um so for them that's just the uh, kind of the culmination of of their i guess you want to term their prophecies uh, uh that's yeah it, it it just feeds into it uh but i mean they're they're profoundly paranoid and uh, if it wasn't this, it would be something else. One of the things I've seen is that they, they move from one topic to the next. So years ago, mm-hmm. it was the anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim. Um, then it became the Yellow Vest movement, anti-government. Uh, then it was for a relatively short period of time and kind of associated with QAnon, uh, Save the Children. Uh, we're you know infested with uh, pedophile Satanists to reading kids. Um, uh, and now there's COVID. And you know, none of these really go away. They're always still very much a part of, of these kind of uh, movements. Um, but they, they just, I guess you could say they get added on to. They just become part of a larger narrative. Yeah, it's not like these people have a coherent ideology. They're, they're, they're like cult leaders. They're seeking self-aggrandizement. They're seeking followers. They're seeking people to kind of like puff up their egos and their own sense of importance. And so that's why, uh, you know, I think you're you're entirely correct. And I don't think this point gets kind of made uh, often enough in mainstream media, which is that like the anti-maskers are just the like anti-Muslim folks from five years ago. They're just the yellow vesters from a few years ago. Like, like these people see a bright, shiny thing. They see it as an opportunity to kind of draw people in. Um, 
for whatever reason, uh, you know, something that's in the news, something that's hot, something that scratches an itch. And, and when we've talked about this on the pod before too, with other guests about like the first instinct of conspiracy theories is often a correct one, right? The government or powerful people are doing bad things, but, but and, it's and, there. And, you know, it's good to question authority. I mean, there's nothing wrong with questioning authority, really investigating. When I teach, I, I talk to my students about, you know, it's important to not take everything at somebody's word. I mean, you know, find out for yourself, do the appropriate research, you know, do that research using legitimate sources, uh, you know, not, uh, you know, QAnon drops on 4chan or, or what it would be. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's, that's where the danger lies. And, and you talk about a coherent set of political demands. I mean, there's nothing really ultimately coherent about this. The, the uh, anti-maskers, just as they were when they, yellow vest, they were yellow vesters, just as they were when they anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant, what have you, uh, they, they're all over the map. I mean, uh, some of them want the and, and, and all of all of in between, right? So some of them want the 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 lockdown ended and everybody going back to work. Some want uh, Trudeau and Notley and Harper and wherever. I mean, tried for treason. Um, uh, they believe there's some sort of conspiracy to uh, vaccinate us and change our DNA and make us not fully human. To you know, um, you know, the United Nations gets involved, kill kill off you know you know seventy percent of the world's population. And they truly believe this, even the stuff that is contradictory. So on the one hand, uh, vaccinations are going to kill us all. On the, uh, and some of these same people are, are saying, but the government's incompetent for not making sure we have appropriate vaccinations. So it's, it, they don't even really listen to themselves. Yeah, and while I initially kind of showed some some kind of sympathy to the, the conspiracy theory folks out there, like the people that we are talking about are people who are who are taking it too far who are actually putting other people in danger not mm-hmm. only with their rhetoric not only with their rhetoric especially when it comes to the like anti-muslim anti-immigrant stuff and the anti-trudeau stuff you know that guy trying to bust down the president or the, the prime minister's door with his truck but in during a pandemic like like an anti-mask rally is actually like a danger to the public like a real and present danger to get people sick and to have those people get sick and injured and die and and I think that the anti-mask rallies are unique in their ability to actually hurt people directly from their actions. And I think it's worth kind of just going over what the kind of form and function of these anti-mask rallies usually take. And maybe even just like, why are they so popular and why do they seem to have the biggest numbers in Calgary? And what does a usual, what are, the, what are these, one of these weekly anti-mask rallies kind of look like? Well, first of all, you're right. They are weekly these days. Uh, you know, the Pulaski's who we're going to be talking about later, for example, um, they, they, this is, you know, they're like dogs of the bone at this point. They, they, they run these every single week. Um, but usually they are large, relatively large gatherings um, of individuals, uh, usually at, uh, you know, City Hall, um, fully unmasked, no social distancing, uh, uh, speeches, uh, you know, you know, Comparing uh, mask ordinances and, and bylaws to um, uh, Stars of David uh, and the Holocaust, it really kind of unhinged uh, rhetoric that a, a, a normal person would look at and think, "Well, this is this is insane. Like, how could anybody truly believe this?" But they, uh, if not the leadership, but certainly the the people who buy into it, they they believe it. Um, and, and probably a lot of leadership as well does. I mean, those people who kind of put themselves out there as leaders, uh, 
it, they, they get increasingly agitated. Now, we saw that when it was uh, winter, of course, the protests, they moved inside as well. So uh, Chinook Mall, for example, uh, you know, there were there were a number of events that occurred there where people very defiantly walked through the mall without masks, again, as a kind of in-your-face, do something about it. And when people challenged them, um, they were kind of descended upon by these these individuals calling them sheep, calling them, um, you know, various names uh, that that they're not educated, not they don't know the real story like they do. And again, you haven't no watched, you haven't watched as many either. YouTube videos as I have. You haven't watched as many YouTube videos as I have, sir. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 ridiculous. I mean, yeah, you educate yourself with this uh, this uh, you know random blog which as a person who ran a random blog for a while i mean you know still <laughs> yeah and that's a, i think a useful kind of rundown of what it what it typically looks like and and that one through the mall was just especially egregious i think there's there's another incident that's worth talking about before we get into the kind of like who these leaders leaders are and that's you know something that happened on march 20th that caught the attention of the province and that that is where the man in the shirt with the words on it, proud white Christian, proud white Christian man with multiple iron crosses on it, like punched a person in a wheelchair. And we actually, uh, the police actually got this person. Uh, Here's the quote from the the news report. Uh, It is believed the man in the wheelchair instigated the encounter, both verbally and with the first physical contact, said police. However, the other man's response by numerous punches to the wheelchair-bound man and subsequent subsequent strike to the woman with the flagpole were beyond reasonable to stop any perceived threat or assault. Police have charged the man who wasn't in a wheelchair. It's very important to make that distinction. uh, Milan Matusik, 65, with assault and assault with a weapon. So uh, what do we know about this Milan Matusik guy? At this point, not a lot. Um, I, I was asked if I, I knew who he was, and he was somebody who's new to me. And I think that's the other thing we're seeing with this is that, you know, in the past, you knew the personalities, you knew the people involved. So, um, you know, thinking back to Calgary when I first started the blog, it was originally designed to focus on, you know, the Aryan Guard, which eventually morphed into Blood and Honor. Um, you know, and then I you know, realized, well, I could focus on the rest of Canada, too, as much as I could. Um, you knew who they were. They, 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 they were kind of regulars of these kind of things. Now, with the you know, social media and, and, and the radicalization of, of people via social media, you, know, you get your, you know, use the term boomers, you get your boomers who normally would have, maybe have nothing to do with this. They might, they might be your, you know, typical, quote unquote, crazy uncle who says ridiculous crap on, on, uh, you know, at family get togethers and Thanksgiving, but you didn't take them seriously. And they didn't have a community at that time. Uh, people just kind of rolled their eyes and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now they could go online and find a community of people who agrees exactly, agrees with what they have to say. And that community now is also getting together in, in, in public. Um, the individual they're talking about uh, that was mentioned this, uh, uh, I'd never heard of him before. This was my first contact with him, uh, not physical contact, but any knowledge of him. Um, but again, he even became part of the conspiracy too, because, you know, the... Uh, uh, the the people who organized or were uh, you know, regulars at these events, uh, you know, they tried to claim that he was obviously an infiltrator, Antifa, because <laughs> they are they are they are never violent, and that's the that's that's really kind of important too. It's a self fulfilling prophecy in some ways. I mean, that's probably not the best way to put it, but 
they truly believe that they are not violent. It's the others, the ones who are opposing them that are violent. And when you could point to the numerous examples of violence they engage in, there's always an explanation. It's we're defending ourselves from the real violent people, or that person was an infiltrator. He's not really a part of us. Um, there's always some sort of reason, and it goes back. I mean, you know, this is something we've seen in in uh, you know in the when it was when this was largely an anti-Muslim and anti-immigrant movement. Um, you know, the the tragedy occurred in uh, Quebec City at the mosque where six men were murdered. Um, you know, initial. Uh, you know, news, of course, showed that he, you know, they, they said, well, there's, there are two people arrested, one person taken in custody. Um, it's always confusing at first. Uh, then the real information comes out, or at least as much as you can. Uh, but they are people who are absolutely convinced that uh, the, the shooter is, in fact, uh, either a patsy or was a false flag. Or he was really, it's really a, a, the Muslims that did it. And this is just a matter of of uh, internecine violence, and you know, one of their people would never do something like this. Um, uh, the individual, and I don't, I don't name, uh, I try not to name these these killers, uh, but the individual in the van in Toronto, uh, the uh, person who's you know motivated at least in part by incel uh, philosophy or philosophy. It's not a philosophy; it's bad fucking insanity. Um, but they are still convinced he's a Muslim. He. It's a, just one of those people because he's got a name that's not conventionally "quote unquote" Canadian. Uh, they can't see beyond the 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 ecosystem that they've created, and if they truly believe that you know they're opposing these evil forces, well, of course those evil forces are, are violent. They're never violent. They're they're reactive to the to the dangers uh, against them and against Canada. So this you know the fact that they've 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 and and I think most of them will continue to do so. Well, he's an infiltrator. He's really not one of us. It's really easy for them to do that. They they just accuse those who um, either they dismiss it as self defense, and they tried to do that initially with this, uh, or they claim that he was never really a part of their group in the first place, and he was just trying to discredit them. Yes, I mean this is a, a common one. I mean, with some some absurd percentage of Americans believe that it was Antifa that stormed the Capitol in the United States, right? But I think we've hit on something that is again not covered very well by the mainstream media when they're talking about these anti-mask COVID denier events, and that is the connection and the relationship between organized white supremacy or, and organized white supremacist groups and these events. You know, it's a lot less socially acceptable for people to be ranting about Islam on street corners now, you know, post-mosque shooting, post-New Zealand, post-everything that's happened. And so you're right, the, these folks move on to the next shiny thing. But but at, at its core, there is this racist, white supremacist, and like obvious white supremacist uh, kind of like backbone to this to this movement, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, and again, I I hate ascribing everything and all things to the the evils of Donald Trump, but you know he had been such an in, and still continues to be such an influential figure in in the circle, you know, thing in the United States and Canada and you know around the world for this kind of a this kind of movement. Um, when referring to COVID as the China virus or the um, the, uh, the 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 Kung flu, uh, we see the repercussions of that already. We've seen a numer- number of different examples of of anti Asian violence, people being attacked, uh, uh, elderly elderly uh, uh, people of Asian heritage have, have been attacked. We've had see- we've seen people murdered in the United States. Um, we've seen attacks occur in Canada. 
So it it really very much reinforced this this idea of the other. These th- this would never have gotten here if those people weren't here in the first place. Um, so we see a lot of that too. Even in Calgary, some of these protests, uh, bylaw officers who are of Asian heritage, for example, fully Canadian but Asian heritage, um, they're accused of being Chinese communist spies now. Um, you know, it, it's it's. It's this perception that unless you look like me, you can't really be fully Canadian. And again, as you said, uh, these these you know white supremacy is kind of in, in, imbued in these and, and organized as well. Um, there are a number of different groups, um, and you could find these groups on Telegram where they congregate now. I mean, they're they're being kind of shunted to the the fringes of social media now, but you can still find them pretty easily. And they they have plans uh, uh, to. Uh, to infiltrate these groups and to to move them in the direction that they want them to go into, um, you know, for example, mm-hmm. one group, yeah, one group, uh, you know, overtly, uh, you know, equates the COVID virus with immigration and the need to have a, a closed immigration system, um, you know, prevent you know those people coming in, but they're quite content with people from Europe coming in. So there's you know, very overt in the racism. Yeah, and like the Proud Boys, you know, recently designated terrorist organizer organization by the federal government here in Canada, they're frequent attenders of these anti-mask rallies, are they not? Absolutely. I mean, the uh, you don't see them obviously you don't see them dressed up like it anymore because um, they're 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 an illegal organization. Uh, they don't want to have that. Uh, uh, well, they don't want to get in trouble, but they still they're still there. I mean, people we saw dressed in uh, Proud Boy, you know, accoutrements uh, are still attending Calgary events. Um, you know, and, and other events around around Canada too. So we still see it. We see other groups too. So you know, groups like the Northern Guard or Soldiers of Odin that still exist. Uh, uh, we see these groups constantly. Uh, the Urban Infidels in Calgary, which might be the second dumbest name I've heard of of, of these hate groups, um, beaten only by the woke one woke ones rebellion. Which I don't know who thought of that. Um, but yeah, we see these groups infiltrating all the time, or and being and and quite often, you know, people like the Polanskis use them as "quote unquote" security. Yeah, and I think that brings us. That's a fantastic segue into who these, uh, who the kind of key figures and the leaders of this are. And you you mentioned the Polanskis. Who you who are the Polanskis? What are their like full names? It's a brother. Uh, it's a brother duo, right? Who, what are their full names and like where do they come from? What's their involvement in these events? Right. So Arthur and uh, David Polowski, uh, they are um, uh, in Calgary. Uh, Arthur is a, a pastor of uh, street, uh, street uh, church, uh, evangelical, uh, uh, religious. You know, some people would, you know, they're less charitable, might refer to as a cult. Uh, um, but they're certainly very, very conservative, uh, to put it as a minimum. Uh, they're, they're originally from Poland. Uh, Polish immigrants have uh, come to Canada. Um, they have been in the news for a, a, a number of years in, in different capacities. So um, they first uh, kind of entered the spotlight by, you know, in kind of endorsing Rick McIver in his run for, uh, I think it was, uh, le- was it leadership of the uh, leadership of the PC freedom? leadership of the PC party against um, against Prentice, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly. And um, you know. When people investigated, what well, they found that they were virulently anti-LGBTQ. Um, they were they were uh, you know, you know anti-choice, and they were they were pretty far to the right of of mainstream Canadians. Um, and they've continued. So uh, they 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 are now using this uh, this 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 as a 
a kind of a, a cudgel. Um, you know, they 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 basically have been opposed to the Calgary municipal government for years. They've they had their you know they 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 lost uh, tax exempt status, for example, because they were using too much of their money that they did collect uh, for political purposes to to oppose uh, you know same sex marriage and you know those kind of things. They're very um, big. Yeah, they're very big big haters of uh, Nahed Nenshi as well, the Muslim mayor of Calgary. They frequently yeah. refer to him. Yeah, and they they mention that frequently. He hates Christians. He's the Muslim mayor of Calgary, and you know we need good Christian patriots, of which uh, David is running for city council in Calgary. Uh, so these are these are kind of the, the and they're very loud. I mean, if you've ever listened to them, their um, their go to is we're going to sue you. We want to arrest. We're gonna we want them charged with assault. Um, we we could talk about it later, but there was that incident at the at the grocery store this past weekend where. Uh, they uh, one of their members was you know shown the door essentially and uh, they were screaming at the you know the workers they want the workers the the uh, the employees to to be arrested they want us they're going to sue them for denying them service um, and they've seen that in a number of places as well so uh, Polskis are are one group um, they have also been very much involved in the anti-immigration movement um, back in 2017 June. Uh, Arter was a um, was a keynote speaker at uh, uh, an event organized by the Worldwide Coalition Against Islam, um, which was uh, you know held in downtown Calgary at, at the city hall. Um, uh, other groups that were involved, of course, the WCAI, uh, Canadian Combat Coalition, Soldiers of Odin, and the security was provided by the Three Percenters. Um, so. You know they're very much tied into this 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 ideology, um, so they're they're uh, they're anti-mask, anti anti vaccination rhetoric is also very much tied to their anti immigration rhetoric, which again, ironic considering they are immigrants themselves. Of course, I mean no one ever accused these folks of being consistent. Uh, up next uh, about the people that I, I think is worth our audience knowing about is, uh, someone who you may have seen recently, a person named Kevin J. Johnston. And the reason you may have seen him recently is that he, uh, was recently arrested for assault in Dawson Creek, BC. The video itself, uh, that itself is, is it just an incredible L like just, just to post your own L like that and to be like, yeah, this happened to me. I'm actually putting this out into the world for people to see <laughs> is incredible. But why the don't you thing is, run us through what happened there? Yeah, we, we rightfully laugh at that because we look at that and say, you have been, you've incriminated, you, how would you put this out? How do you think this makes you look good? But they really do. And his core supporters, uh, they are convinced that that proves that he was the victim of an assault and that you know he was simply defending himself. And soon... David, the, the poor manager of this this business, he's going to be the one who's going to be sued and and go to prison. They're, they're convinced of this. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's laughable, but the people who it's targeted to, they just look at him as more of a hero because of it. They they are convinced that, yeah, he's fighting the good fight and he's fighting it for us. But uh, yeah, so Kevin Johnson, he is, again, another long-term figure. He's originally from Mississauga. Um, he is He was a perennial... Uh, candidate for mayor there uh, uh, has a incredible hate on for the current mayor Bonnie Crombie. Uh, incredibly misogynistic, racist. Um, he first kind of crossed my uh, uh, radar when he tried to offer a thousand dollar reward to anybody who would film uh, 
children, essentially, students, uh, Muslim students specifically, at prayer uh, during school hours. Um, there was a, a controversy about, uh, you know, Islam, uh, uh, you know, student-led prayer uh, in schools, Muslims, uh, you know, having prayer, uh, prayer time. Um, and, you know, never mind that Catholics and Protestants and Jews, they also can do the exact same thing and, and often do. Uh, but he was encouraging people to videotape children to provide him that information. Uh, he's been sued um, by a, a restaurateur in 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 uh, Mississauga. Um, uh, Two point five million dollars. He was uh, the judgment was for. Um, he is uh, the, the judge described as some of the worst hate hate speech he had ever seen. Um, and it hasn't stopped. And to, just either. to jump in there, just as as a bit of a of a student of libel law, like to actually get a two point five million dollar judge judgment against you in a libel suit, you have to have said and done incredible things for like a judgment of that amount to have uh, to for a judge to actually levy that. It, that is that is not very common in Canada. And, uh, and and he still does. He still is referring to this individual as. He accused him uh, with no, obviously there is no evidence because there's no evidence, uh, accused him of funding uh, Islamic uh, terrorists in, in, in Burma. And he still refers to this, this man as a baby killer. Uh, again, it's, in, in, it's incredibly uh, uh, harmful. Um, this is a guy, he's followed him in, in a mall, him and his children in a mall, like, harassing him there. Like, he's, he's relentless when it comes to this kind of stuff. And just to give some context for the event that uh, that we started talking off, started talking about when we started talking about Kevin J. Johnson. So yeah, he was uh, arrested for assault in Dawson's Creek. He, he went into this grocery store and, without a mask. Obviously, these fucking these never wear masks, and they just go in and they start harassing employees when an employee comes up to them. And he like tried to buy some soap, but the person was like, "I'm not taking your money. Get out. You're, you don't get to buy anything from us." And he like took the soap put $5 on the counter and like walked out. And then the manager followed him out. He ended up punching the manager on tape, mm -hmm. a, a tape that is like literally showed to the camera on this video uh, of him getting arrested. The police show up, police throw him in the back of the van, arrest him. Oh yeah. I forgot to mention he tried to citizens arrest yeah, the right. store owner as well as a random bystander who yeah. showed up. He's like, you're under citizens yeah. arrest. Yeah. And, and and the genuine look of shock on his face, like, why aren't, why aren't you arresting him? Like, I, he's under citizen arrest. And uh, the, the cop saying, no, I don't have to. Uh, we, we will be linking to this incredible L in the show notes. Um, okay, so there's, we've got Kevin J. Johnson, we've got the Pulowski brothers. Who, who by the way, is running for mayor in Calgary now oh, yes. and has uh, his own uh, coffee company, which is uh, egregiously racist, the, the, the brands that he's, he's promoting. Yes, uh, we won't repeat the name yeah, of that no. brand, but but it is he is an, he is is a bad person who does bad things, uh, and yeah, he's running for mayor. So oh yeah, he oh, just a, one further note on Kevin J. Johnson. This guy is everywhere. Uh, he was was outside of the Grace Life Church in Edmonton uh, a few weeks, like three or four weeks ago, uh, which is the, the the COVID church, the church that mm -hmm. is refusing to abide by COVID health regulations. Uh, I, we could talk. I mean, I, he's a fascinating figure. He's just an incredible, terrible person. Like, how does he even get his money? Like, what is he? he? Seems to just travel around, like getting into people's faces, screaming "citizens arrest." 
I, 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 it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, I'm pretty certain that he does get a lot of donations uh, in order to avoid the um, uh, the lawsuit. Um, so a few uh, about a year or so ago, he had stated he was uh, he was getting in the process of a divorce. And, you know, at the time, I thought, well, you know, you, you're you, you know, it finally cut up to you. your life is falling apart around you. But, you know, I've heard from somebody that you no, know, his, his partner, his wife is still very much on his side as well. It's just that. Uh, Again, this is speculation. I don't know if this for sure, but the the speculation is that it's just to put his 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 any of his uh, um, a, uh, assets into her name, so nothing can be collected on him. All right, all right, all right. That's enough time on Kevin J. Johnson. Uh, let's let's move on to uh, someone who is a bit more on the woo side yeah. when it comes to this thing. Let's talk about Misty Wind. What can you tell us about her? Missy Wynn's interesting. She is somebody who years ago, I actually wrote about on the blog, or I, I, did I write it out or somebody else, my other writer? One of us wrote about her on the blog. Uh, she was a victim of, of a racial attack. So uh, somebody wrote, uh, uh, you know, anti-Native uh, graffiti on, on a vehicle of hers. And, you know, she was a, you know, you know, very sympathetic figure in that, in that moment. Years later, um, looking at this stuff, thinking, why does she look familiar? Why does that name look familiar? And then all of a sudden, you know, talking to uh, the other members of my group, like, holy hell, that's her. Um, but yeah, in terms of the woo, like she's, you know, obviously anti-mask, anti-vaccine. Um, but she's also, uh, she's also Aboriginal. Uh, she is, um, you know, a native person herself. And unfortunately, when you have things like that, they, they give, you know, People like Johnson or the Pulowskis or the others we could talk about, um, it gives them the the ability, you know, at least in their mind, to be able to say, I'm not a racist. Look, there are natives on, my, on our side. So she'll you'll point to her or to uh, Derek Story, who's another, you know, Ontario transplant who came along with uh, with uh, Johnson, uh, kind of his mini-me. Um, so she's kind of been ubiquitous to, in these kind of movements as well. Um, and she's brought in a lot of other people uh, in her, kind of her mindset, this kind of, you know, uh, new agey kind of, as you said, woo, that, you know, it, it, it brings in others who might not normally associate with the, the Johnsons, the Plowskis, but, uh, you know, you have this kind of unholy alliance at this point. Yeah, like her audience is like anti-vax moms and like people who want organic food and like people, I mean, ironically, people who shop at Community Natural Foods, uh, which is a place I actually used to work at when I was in my early 20s uh, in Calgary. Uh, but like the, the 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 kind of person who shops at Community Natural Foods is, is, is someone who would be, is kind of into this, uh, you know, crystals and like energy. Mm-hmm you know, anti-vax, anti, anti-chemicals, you know, anti-GMO, that kind of, that kind of rhetoric. Looking at the protesters who were actually at the grocery, I didn't think many of them were big uh, natural food purchasers. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, all right. So let's move on to some other folks. Uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, Ron Carboni and uh, Chris Sakosha or Chris Sky is as is his other is his pseudonym or what he most commonly goes by. Who are these characters? Well, uh, they're they're from Ontario and they, they they're remaining in Ontario, but they are coming out to Calgary uh, for a, a protest uh, and rally. And I think possibly this weekend, in fact, Um Sakosia is, is somebody who I guess you could say is the closest thing to a celebrity that the anti-mask movement has in Canada. He's appeared on um, Rebel. He's appeared on uh, uh, Alex Jones' show. He's 
he's he's kind of all over the place he's his um his fa- his his family owns uh, it's called sky developers uh quite wealthy um he's quite wealthy though i don't know if he actually has a job i think he's you know it seems like he's living off the largesse of his of his family um and he's got some you know strange ideas so he he's he brags about flying overseas and flashing a uh, exemption which was fake um and he got caught eventually and another time you know was arrested and 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 um fined for it um he has you know told parents who are upset with uh uh, you know, schools shutting down in Ontario, that he's establishing a private school where there will be no masks. So there's going to be, you know, so just join with him on that. Um, he and Garboni, who I'll uh, discuss uh, in a moment, um, they, their latest scheme is claiming that uh, Carboni now has, well, Carboni or, uh, or, or Chris, one of the two of them, uh, now has a patent or a, uh, on the Canadian banking system, now control the Canadian banking system. So Patently ridiculous, but the the core believe this. I mean, again, as I said, they're the biggest things to celebrities that they have at this. Um, Carbone, he is the leader, and as far as I know, sole member of the Republican Party of Canada. Uh, it's a non-registered political party that he is convinced will you know be his you know vehicle to become prime minister of Canada. Um, he is somebody who back in the '90s uh, was kind of known. He was scammed. Uh, a, a woman from, I think it was from uh, Eastern Europe. Um, he, he and she married. Then immediately she left him. Um, it was obviously a, an effort to, I guess, you know, get citizenship essentially through through marriage. Um, he had traveled the United States. He was eventually kicked out. Uh, weapons charges in the United States. Uh, kicked out as an illegal, uh, you term uh, an, illegal, an illegal alien or a foreign alien is what they refer to him as. Uh, but he's in his biography claims that he went to the United States to work where he made his fortune, uh, but then came back to Canada because his mother was sick and decided to stay in Canada because Canada needed him. Uh, but it doesn't take too long to see how 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 that's not true. I mean, um, he doesn't quite understand how the Wayback Machine works. And you could take a look at his website and you know go back to when it first started, where he talked about how he was, you know, his his income was something like you know you know sixty five to seventy five thousand um, dollars. Not the not the multi billionaire claims that he has is with his own private jet. Um, and that he's just, you know, trying to make good for his family. Um, he's he's found a grift, basically, and he's kind of gone with that. And friend of the show, Mac Lamaru at Vice News, has has written about uh, Chris Sicocia and Ron Carboni. Um, both uh, Chris Sicocia's, uh, you know, when he was uh, starting groups called Mothers Against Social Distancing, uh, Chris Sicocia does not have any children, or this uh, Sicocia Carboni uh, scheme to copyright the term that would apparently copyright some uh, term that would give them control of the bank of Canada or whatever yeah. a scheme they hatched. Uh, it's, they're very funny. We'll include it in the, in the show notes um, because these people are truly dense. Like Sokocha and Carbone are, are like, because they're removed, they're not in our like space and they're not in our streets kind of like breathing on people. It's, it's a little safer to just kind of mock these people, but they are yeah. eminently, eminently mockable. But, but the fear, the fear I have with those guys though, is that because they've got a following, especially Chris um, coming to Calgary, that will 
you know, I don't know how many more of the people that already are supportive will coming out. But, you know, my fear is like, well, it drags more people from other parts of Canada, other parts of, you know, maybe from British Columbia, because we're already seeing like, you know, Dawson, Dawson City is, is in, not Dawson, it's Dawson Creek, sorry, is in uh, British Columbia. And we're already seeing our, our uh, brand of COVID uh, deniers, you know, branching out and moving to other areas uh, at the invitation of COVID deniers there. Yeah. But I mean, beyond the rallies, these these groups and these individuals have moved on to kind of a new form of activism, which, again, is incredibly dangerous. And we referenced it earlier. It's like they'll go to a grocery store or they'll go to a business and they will you know, try to go in unmasked. They will get kicked out. They will videotape the whole scene. They'll have a bunch of people essentially start like a picket outside, like an anti-mask picket outside of a of of a business or a grocery store. And again, this is the authorities have created a monster in my mind. I think I think it's worth having the conversation about just how poorly and how badly the police, the AHS, whoever is responsible for enforcing public health orders during a pandemic, just how badly a job they have done and mm-hmm. that they have created a monster by not actually enforcing the rules as they are written and by treating these people with kid gloves and by letting them get away with weekly meetings that are in contravention of public health orders. Uh, and, and they've escalated, you know, they've escalated to protest indoors. They've escalated to screaming at fucking grocery store workers uh, they've escalated to assaulting a store manager in in BC. Uh, I cannot talk about this and not talk about just how poorly our political leadership, our law enforcement, and our health, uh, our public health enforcement people have done in this context. What what's your take on 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 you know this whole issue and whether we've created a monster? I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the rationale, uh, as I know it from the police, was um, at a time when it was very tense, they didn't want to cause, they didn't want to uh, escalate things. So uh, their rationale was after things have calmed down, they get the names of the leadership and then they go to take and bring them their tickets at their residence, which has happened. I mean, the Polskis, uh, Arthur certainly has received a number of tickets that he doesn't take seriously at all. Uh, he just uses that as more propaganda. Look how I'm being persecuted. The church is being persecuted. Look how Christians are being persecuted by this Muslim mayor. Um, you know, it 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 just feeds into that. Um, so, I it hasn't helped. Not in not at all. I mean, it it just feeds into the persecution complex. Um, but nothing's done at the moment. And I've I've often wondered, and I, this is a very rhetorical question, and I think we know the answer. Um, if this was not a group of mostly uh, European Canadian, um, you know, boomers uh, uh, or middle or, or, or Gen Xers, uh, you know, if you're in their forties, I suppose, um, if it wasn't, if it was a group of um, uh, you know uh, First Nations peoples protesting pipelines, or if it was uh, uh, LGBTQ protesting uh, for for some uh, for for rights uh, that they were being denied. Would they be treated with kid gloves? Um, and my belief, based upon precedent, is that they wouldn't be. No, it'd um, be a brutal, instant crackdown. People would get arrested. The crowd would be dispersed violently. Like all measures necessary that would that that they would take would would be taken in order to disperse a crowd of this nature. If it was literally almost any other kind of protest. 
Exactly. And then I've looked at, you know, over the years, uh, one of the claims, oh, they're, they're a large group and it could cause a lot of, uh, it could lead to an escalation that could get out of control. Well, okay, but at the G20 events, when there were large groups and people were protesting peacefully there, uh, you didn't seem to have any compunction about going in with trenches and, and, and you know, you know clearing out the space there. But you certainly don't want to clear a bunch of people out in the mall. I mean, let's have a bro yeah. hug. I am I am not some friend of the police here but I just simply do not believe that like th- that the uh the honey treatment here like yeah bro hugs with the organizers uh so that they'll all disperse calmly after their after their Chinook Mall protest that that is clearly failed because those motherfuckers just go to they just they end up at another business in Chinook Mall and they start screaming at fucking workers who are getting paid $15 a fucking hour to get paid not enough money to to have fucking Becky not wear a mask and scream in their face. It 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 also does the it also provides them the idea that they are the police really secretly support them. Um, they really are opposed to this as well. And I think Brad Carrington, one of the other uh, kind of gurus of this in, in, in Alberta and in Calgary, um, at, the, at the grocery store, when he's trying, trying to calm Arthur Pawlowski down, uh, saying, don't worry that when the truth comes out, they will be on our side. And of course, the truth being that uh, it's, a, it's a, all a you know, UN conspiracy to poison us and um, you know, bring in, I don't know, Sharia law. I mean, whatever, whatever the argument's going to be at that point. Um, but again, by, by treating with kid gloves and by not cracking down, I don't mean like cracking heads together, but actually enforcing the bylaws, uh, it, it causes them to really believe that, nope, they support us. They, they secretly support us and they really kind of, and, and they could justify it. It's like, we, they really want us to continue what we're doing. And yeah. Yeah. Whenever you hear a conservative talk about the rule of law, you can fucking laugh in their face because the rule of law clearly means nothing. And and it means nothing because when it's when it's the supporters when it's the supporters of you know conservative political parties that are 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 not are breaking the rules and having illegal gatherings which is what these are these are illegal gatherings and this is how you get situations like the Grace Life Church and you know this is how you get a situation where our case lo- case a, a bigger badder more infectious virus has shown up in Alberta and it has gone off like fucking wildfire because our public health authorities and our political leadership were unwilling to stand up to these idiots. And we are going to face a third wave that is going to be worse than the second. And it's, it is a fucking tragedy and a wholly avoidable tragedy. Uh, all right. I, I think uh, before I get too angry and too worked up, I think that is a good place to leave it. I appreciate you coming on the pod so much, Kurt. Uh, how can people follow along your work? How can they, you know, do you have a Twitter account, uh, you know, stuff to support if they support your, your general kind of project? Yeah. So if you want to follow what I occasionally do, I have a, the occasional snarky, uh, uh, you know, Twitter feed on uh, at Arc Collective. So you could find me there. Um, I also write occasionally for the anti uh, Canadian anti uh, hate uh, sorry Canadian anti hate um, um, group. Um, so that or sorry Canadian anti hate network. My goodness, I can't even. It's been a long day. Um, uh, if you're willing, if you wish to donate to, to contribute to the work, certainly uh, there's a donation uh, spot there. But uh, you know, we would love to have any assistance. And Canadian Anti Hate Network does great work. Uh, you know, we've featured their writers on our pod before. And um, yeah, just want to take the time to thank you again for all the work you do, Kurt. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Well, uh, I want to thank everyone who's listened to the pod. If you want to support us, there's a very 
very easy way to do that. Uh, share this podcast with your friends. If you think if they've seen one of these rallies in the street, they want to know more, uh, you know, word of mouth and sharing this podcast with your friends and family is, is literally the best form of advertising. The other thing, uh, you know, and Kurt brought it up earlier, which is that, uh, you know, we're a nonprofit, you know, we get by with the help of our supporters. We are 100% independent. And if you think that this is a media project that's worth uh, your support, uh, we really do appreciate it. And it's really easy to do. Uh, you can just go to theprogressreport.ca slash patrons. There's also a link in the show notes. Uh, and, you know, credit card, put your credit card in, you know, five, 10, $15 a month, whatever you can afford uh, really, really goes a long way. Uh, I'm also really easy to get a hold of. If you think I missed anything or fucked up, if you have any notes, thoughts, or comments, you can reach me on Twitter at Duncan Kinney, and you can reach me by email at uh, Duncan K at progressalberta.ca. Thanks so much to Cosmic Famu Communist for the amazing theme. Thank you for listening and goodbye.